This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode 239 of the Fight Disciples podcasts. This one dedicated to the world of boxing. Hope you are well. You can subscribe to this nonsense on iTunes. Just search Fight Disciples. You can get all our Android feeds at fightdisciples.com and you can get us on social media. And I fully advise you to go to our social media because it's going off especially on our YouTube channel with various interviews in recent weeks with Alexander Usyk, this week Callum Johnson and Callum Smith uh, also up there after his fantastic win in the World Boxing Super Series. It's all on our YouTube channel and we're at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now then, of course, we are going to gloat on this show because everybody knows that we are based in Liverpool and we have, of course, had the first interview uh, since he's been back in the country with Callum Smith. That will be on our YouTube channel. It'll also be as a special treat stuck on this feed here, so you can get stuck into it, uh, the audio version. There's loads of social media bits of him being in our studio uh, first thing on a Monday morning. And we will talk about that uh, throughout the course of the show. There's no question about it because it is one of the highlights of the weekend. However, where I want to go to first is this. You will know that myself and Nicholas, we're doing the um, the radio commentary, hosting the commentary of the World Boxing Super Series final on Friday night. Alongside us, uh, we had Spencer Oliver, uh, John Rowling and Glenn McCrory. Now, that's a team of five. Only three of those men went for a pint till the early hours of the morning. I think you know which three. If you were to pick three out of those five, which ones would you go for? Yep, of course you'd go for me. Of course you'd go for Nick. And of course you'd go for Glenn McCrory. So we were uh, shooting the breeze till the early hours of, uh, of Saturday morning, talking all things boxing and various other things. But other topics did come up. And this is where I want. I want to let fight disciples who listen to the show, I want to let them in to our life because there was nothing more surreal for me than to be sat there, six, seven pints in, watching Nick Pete and Glenn McCrory argue over, one, who was the better cook, and two, who did the better fish pie. <laughs> it was about 3am that conversation went down. It was a legitimate argument that I thought might go off at any point. <laughs> Thankfully it didn't, because Glenn would have knocked me spark out, even at, even at his, uh, his tender age, but... Uh... I still maintain my fish pie is fucking the world's greatest fish pie. Well, I've only ever had your fish pie, uh, and I'm going to go along and say that it probably... It's going to take some beating, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. It's going to sure take is. some beating. Bit of a surreal conversation, that, you two scrapping over weird. food, yeah. It was kind of weird, yeah, yeah. So yeah. How, do you, how, do you do the, uh, how do you do the fish pie? <laughs> what, you don't put any cream in it? <laughs> going, Where the fuck have I... Have I just walked into the twilight zone? What's going on here? Funny. And then it gets worse, doesn't it, Nicholas? Doesn't it get worse? Well, what happened next? Well, we were all pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, Glenn, being Glenn, when yeah. the bar's shut, says, right, that's it. That's I'm off. Done. You sure There's that? no more real. I'm sick of you two punks. I'm off. So he goes off to his room. Yeah. I follow him. Not to his room. <laughs> to my Easy. room. I go to my room. And then as we're walking <laughs> back to our rooms, you decide to say, right, lads, uh, I'm just going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock in the morning in London, right? We're yeah. pissed. We've been at it since the end of the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah. And you decide to go for a trot. After the skinful. Why? Because we'd been spending about 45 minutes talking about food, and in particular fish pie. I was fucking desperate for a bag of scampi fries. So I hunted down a local Tesco Express and wandered back 45 minutes later. Sometimes you just need to feed that edge. 
and uh, I was fucking starving. So I was sitting there in my in my room in my in my underpants about half past three in the morning, watching Playing with highlights of the Ryder Cup, um, eating crisps and munching on bowls of pasta. You live the big life, you don't you? Some it's glamorous. Yeah. This following boxing around the world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Glamorous. Sure is. Sure is. I totally forgot you'd done it. So I come down. I comes down in the morning. I has myself a breakfast and one of you. And we meets up because we're doing a radio show on the Saturday as well. So we meets up, has a little bit of a chat. And he's like, well, there was some bars behind uh, our hotel. Why didn't, why didn't we go to any of them? And I said, how did you know that? Because there's no way that you should have walked that way coming to the studio the day after. He goes, oh, my little trot last night. I totally forgot that you'd gone on this little trot. You've gone off, haven't you? <laughs> Come for a little walk. You did, some... you did look at me kind of weird when I was like, right, okay, you going to bed? All right, yes, Sam. I'm just going to go for a, I'm just going to go for a wander. And you were looking at me like, what the fuck is he talking about? What are you doing? It's like, yeah, see you later. You're fucking weird, are you, man? Going for a wander. I am a bit of a wanderer after a few, after a skin full, though. Mm-hmm. Proper, uh, like that's that's my that's my party trick. Is it? Even when I was younger, and I was out with all the lads. We could be in the middle of a club or oh, a bar, or whatever. Oh, I, I just disappear. Oh, yeah, I'm a wanderer. Yeah, we know, we know. No, no, we. It's okay. <laughs> our wives don't listen. It's fine. <laughs> um, but all that came. What after. a weekend, though. All fucking that. hell, what a weekend and what a performance. All that came after a fantastic performance in the World Boxing Super Series. We are going to gloat. I was going to say we're not going to gloat, but we are going to gloat. We yeah. said right at the start of the tournament who would win it, and who came through. And we said. Callum Smith. And he came through. And he came and did the business. And it's the first time that there's been an upset in the yeah. World Boxing Super Series where the number two seed ended up winning uh, the overall tournament. All the fights, all the quarterfinals, semifinals in both weight categories always went with a higher seeded guy until the final. And it was obvious for me. All week, he looked yep. mint. When he, we went to the gym the week before, when we went up to Joe's gym and he was typical Callum. Cool, calm, relaxed. You know, he's fucking so laid back, Callum. But when he gets in that ring, he's a different person. He Do you know something? I'll tell you something. You need to listen to the interview that we've just done with him uh, and the YouTube and what have you. That is the... It's like a, a weight has been lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. Normally, he's, he knows that he's got to live up to something when you interview him. He's, he's thinking to himself, right, I, I, I'm going to be world champion, but it's not done yet, so I can't really let go. You know? And, he, and this, there seemed to be some, like some shackles on him when he, you, when he, when he spoke. Today... He's like he's exercised a demon. Yeah. And he's now, he, honestly, it's one of the funniest, nicest, chilled out, greatest interviews from just a geezer that's achieved his dream. The and best, you need to check it out. The best thing about it as well, obviously Callum, Callum met us at the studio this morning and um, I rocked into the studio. Callum, we literally arrived pretty much at the same time. He's on his own, walking through Liverpool <laughs> City Centre. <laughs> this is in, brilliant. In one hand, he's got a stainless steel WBA world title belt in a box. In the other hand, he's got another stainless steel box WBC diamond belt and on his back he's got a rucksack and in the rucksack is a padded bag containing the ring magazine belt on his own just rocking up just literally like like he was going to work on a Monday morning just rocking up on his own yeah we've got an interview let's do it tremendous and you know what that's that's Callum all over no, no fucking fluff around it. No, you know, extra thing. That's not the chance need there, it. Man. You don't need the entourage. You don't need this. You don't need that. Yeah, you want me? I'll be there. Boom. There's, o- there's only five men on the planet with one of those ring magazine belts. Yeah. And he, oh, and he know, just sticks yeah. it in his rucksack and rocks up at our studio. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is mad. It is mad. Listen, let's talk about the performance because we do talk about it in the interview. You can go and check that out if you wish. But the performance was absolutely sensational. The finish I mean, we did, the, we did the radio commentary of the, that finish, and mm-hmm. I missed 
the body shot originally. I missed yeah. it because I was I was thinking, he's got him going, he's got him going. And obviously yeah. I was on the edge of my seat. I was pumped up for it. Jump it was only around. until about the third replay and I thought, fucking hell, I missed that. That yeah. was outrageous to have the composure to land that body shot. At that time, you could just see the ghost of George Groves leaving his body, <laughs> couldn't you? As soon as he hit him, I thought, and then I looked over at you. <laughs> rent a ghost. Well, I, looked, goes. I, looked, I, looked, and I saw the body shot and I looked over at you and you'd already got your pants down with a mohawk <laughs> sock on. You were having knocking one out in the studio. <laughs> For, for me, obviously, you know how I feel about a body shot. You know how I feel about one. That that for me, that's the epitome of boxing. You know, to, to land a body shot, to steal another to man's steal soul, a soul, steal another man's soul, and and in this case, the the, the extra little sauce on top is not only did he do that, but he makes the man quit as well. He makes the champion quit. The champion, no ma, no more, please, can't have any more. And for me, that's just. It's the ultimate way to win a world title, isn't it? To, to make the champion quit. That's it. That, that's the defining moment. Do you know what? Unreal. You say that and people will be, he didn't quit. He didn't quit. Listen, he shook his head. And I'll tell you what. I, that, listen, I, I fully expected, just I, wait a minute. I fully expected this because we had a chat with Carl Froch on Saturday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was so, funny. So Carl Froch was on a radio show that we did on Saturday. And within two minutes, <laughs> two, he couldn't resist, could he? Within two minutes, he went in and he said, yeah, George, I thought George Groves quit. You'd, if that were me, you'd have to nail me to the canvas. <laughs> That's what he actually <laughs> said. Like, oh, Carl. <laughs> you just opened up a can of worms, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> he loves it, doesn't he? But you are right. Yeah. I mean, he looked at his corner and he shook his head. Didn't want it. Didn't want any more. Listen, that, that's no slight on George Groves. He's had a fucking absolutely incredible career. He was a he was legitimately the number one twelve stone fighter on the planet. Walking to that ring on Saturday night, but boy, did that that mantle change hands. Boy, was there a passing of the guard and all these question marks about Callum Smith. Could he do it at the highest level? Could he do it in a, against a genuine world champion? Could he do it when it's when it matters most? Yes, we've seen him against Scogland. He was a top contender, but no one knew the fuck Scogland was, let's yeah. be honest. Then he gets a late replacement opponent because Bremer pulls out and Nicky had Holtskin or whatever his name was. This is not Callum's fault. These are not Callum's issues, you know, but I think a lot of media and a lot of fans jumped on it. Yeah, he's untested. Oh, he's never been at this level before. I've been around Callum and the Smith family a long time. And those three brothers have been telling me for years, Callum's the best, Callum's the best. Wait until he gets there, Callum's the best. Speaking to Joe Gallagher gives you a lot of confidence. The performance Callum puts in when it matters, the big championship fights, so many first round knockouts. Of course he was going to fucking handle it. Of course he was ready. The week before he looked sensational. Walking to the ring on Saturday night, I was like, fucking hell, where's my next mortgage payments? Because I'll put it on him. I'll put it on the kid walking to the ring with a big smile on his face mm. in the middle of Cheddar Jeddah. <laughs> and he cashed in the Cheddar in Jeddah. He, he cashed in. A lot of people I. A lot of people like to throw shade because they got it wrong. I saw that all over social media. You yeah. back George Groves and it went wrong for you. And that's fine. But just admit that you got it wrong. I do it all the time. I get shit wrong all the time. And I go, yes, do you know do. something? <laughs> Fair play, mate. Fair play. I got that one wrong. And looking at, just looking at Callum Smith, a lot of people want to make an excuse for his weight. Oh, how's he making the weight? He's got to move up at some point. Trust me, he ain't going anywhere for a long period of time. No. And until he struggles with that weight, there's no point because there's an opportunity now at super middleweight for him to do something quite extraordinary. We're talking a lot at the moment about undisputed champions, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Terence Crawford blew the door wide open last year and got us all excited. Usyk's done it. Bellew's got an opportunity. We're moments away from maybe from seeing a heavyweight. Yeah. Now, there's a real opportunity over the next 12 to 18 months for Callum Smith to mop up this division. Because if you, if you look at it, and I, I, again, I said this to him, and he kind of disagreed a little bit, but 
and people might disagree with me with what I'm about to say now. I don't think there is a dom- a real proper domestic challenge for him at super middleweight. That being British, yeah, I think the only challenges for Callum Smith now lie with the guy that holds the WBO belt in Ramirez, yeah, the geezer that's just been caught on the sniff, the WBC full champion David Benavidez, yeah, um, and obviously we've got an IBF belt that's. Uh, vacated at this moment in time and I think us Category will come through and do that I think us Category is the best out of the lot of those Caleb Plant potentially I think he'll smash Caleb Plant I really no but do. I mean he will fight Caleb yeah, Plant yeah, 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 yeah. Belt. but those three that's it mm. that's it that's where it's at it's all about unifications now for me I think if he wants something in the UK there's an opportunity maybe with Rocky Fielding I just think of all those three names you've just mentioned no I think from a boxing perspective, they're the toughest fights out there. Absolutely. That's the, what I mean. I'm talking fights. challenges for him. But I'm not talking challenges. I'm talking about fucking money here because that's what makes the world go round. And I think the biggest fight out there for him is Anfield in May. And, you know, I think for now, Rocky Fielding's probably going to have to be patient. I don't think it's going to be Rocky Fielding in no. May. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I can see Rocky Fielding fighting George Groves on the undercard in May, co-main. And I think the winner of Eubank versus the Gale in December will fight Callum Smith at Anfield in May. That's what I think will happen. Because domestically, yes, Oskatagui, I rank above those guys. I probably rank uh, Benavidez up there because these are current world champions or in Oskatagui's case, about to become. But I just think financially what makes most sense, what makes pay-per-view dollars, what gets Sky Sports involved, it's the Gale Eubank winner. The winner of that fight, I think, is ready, is primed for me, as mad as it is, to fight Callum Smith in May. And you know what? If I was Callum Smith, bring that money on, because that's yeah. easy money. Yeah, the, 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 there was definitely an air of speaking to Callum today, of frustration over the last three years. That ghost has now been exercised, and the, he has now the leverage. He will be picking and choosing now, because he's the main man. He's the number one. He's got the ring magazine belt. I don't think you're going to see him fight again this year. No. And I think it is all about Anfield. They've got a new licence there. He wants to exercise that dream and, 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 and achieve that. That's the next stage for him. And then, obviously, he'll want to go to America and do it over there. Um, and Wasn't it funny where he said uh, when he went out for a drink with his mates on Sunday, he went out with uh, Darren Till, went out oh, with him, the UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah. And Darren Till said to him, you bastard, you're going to beat me to Anfield, aren't you? <laughs> like, like there's a race from two different sports in one city. Darren Till's trying to do Anfield. Callum Smith now is in pole position to do Anfield first. I think that's fucking brilliant. Let's get Darren Till on the undercard. That's it. Hey, look, do you know something? <laughs> Darren Till will 100% just switch the boxing for one night just to be on the undercard. Yeah. Just so we can fight first. Yeah. You know, well, I, I was first on. That's I did it. the first one. He will do something like that but that, I think I think you bang on I think something like that will happen I think it will be a domestic clash yeah um, that makes most most, money, Adam most interest at the end of uh, at the end of the football season and you're probably right in pointing towards the DeGale uh, Eubank Junior fight they both come through warm ups at the weekend regardless of opposition but that's going to be announced isn't it December the 10th we're in big rumours about yeah so if that does go down I truly believe that will be a final eliminator Mm. To face Callum Smith, just because of the you know the the, the 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 popularity of both guys domestically, and one big performance from either of them, I think puts them in pole position. Now, and if, I, I'm not I'm not against seeing Rocky Field and George Groves as co-main. No, not at all. Um, and I think Rocky Fielding now, he, he, everybody knows my thought process on uh, a regular belt, but sack that to one side. Rocky Fielding has definitely earned an opportunity now at Fuck a major yeah. major fight, of course. And that being George Groves, because I. Going into the fight of the weekend, I thought if George Groves wins, I think I thought he was going to retire at that point. Mm-hmm. He's cashed out. He's got himself. If he'd have won it, he'd have got seven million dollars. Yeah, and he'd be the Ring Magazine man. There's nothing else really for him to do. Yeah, call it a day, walk away, happy as Larry. But now I think, 
I think he I think he will fight on. There's I don't know, of, it's tough. It's there's tough. loads of people shouting, oh, George is done now. But he's, th- he's only 30 years of age. He is, but he's not 32 in boxing years. Is right, it? all right. It's like, it's like boxing years are like dog years. Yeah, of course. But the guys that I mentioned earlier, right, those world champions, I don't think he's going to compete for a world title again. No. But there are fights within Britain for George Groves that could earn him a shitload of cash. Not that he needs it, yeah. but if he wants it and if he's still got the buzz for it, I think he could get a shot at Rocky's regular belt. Yeah. I think there's a fight there still with James. I really do. Absolutely. I even think there's a fight there with Eubank Junior rematch if they want it. If he beats, the, if he beats the guy, you yeah. know those mm-hmm. fights on the British scene. Yeah. Which is just one rung down from where Car- uh, Callum's at and the rest of those boys. I think there's still something there for George. Yeah, and I think you know if he can get him with Rocky Field and if George can beat Rocky Field and obviously puts himself back right back in the shot window and of course. I think Rocky Fielding jumps at the opportunity to fight George Groves, the yeah. former world number one. He's just lost to Callum Smith. And, you know, I think that would be a, OK, Rocky, you're going to be co-main at Anfield. Massive Liverpool fan Rocky as well. Him and Callum, they fucking jump at the chance. And then, you know, basically say, if you do a number on George Groves, certainly if you do more quicker than Callum Smith, then, of course, the fight versus you versus Callum, the big rematch, is has got to happen later in the year. Mm. I think George, Gro- I think uh, Rocky Fielding would jump at fighting that. So the good thing about it is these are all... The, the most money, the most sense for me is domestic, even though the biggest tests are international. Yeah. I think Callum, like he said to us earlier, I want to fight at Anfield, but I also want to fight in Madison Square Garden, and I also want to fight in Las Vegas. Yeah. I also want to go to America, and because of the zone deal, you can do that now. And because of the zone deal, Eddie Earn can pay the kind of money to get the likes of Ramirez or those Katagoo, whoever it may be, over to here. Well, I think because he's got the Ring Magazine belt, he might not have to pay as much because the leverage is there. People, you want, want, people you, want to fight the number one. You want to be the number one? The belt's on the line. Let's yeah. do it. Let's get this thing on, you know. Um, regarding Eubank Jr.'s performance at the weekend, I know that this fight ended just... It was just a bullshit ending. Yeah, I agree with Eubank Jr. with the way that he uh, addressed it at the end, saying that uh, JJ McDonald swallowed it. I genuinely think that that's what happened. It I- was JJ McDonald f- lost his bollocks in the fight. Lost them. And then when the fight was over, found him again. Yeah. When someone put a microphone in his face, suddenly he found his bollocks again. Yeah. Come on. Get to fuck. Yeah. But regarding the three rounds that we saw, yeah. I was disappointed in Eubank Jr. Me too. Because he had him. Yeah. Just he had him. him. He had him in the first round. Just do him. Yeah, exactly. Take him out, make a statement. It's irrelevant whether he's well below you. It's irrelevant and you want to get rounds in and all this nonsense. I'm not Bullshit. interested in it. Take him out. Just take the dude out. Take him out in sensational fashion and then you're ready and primed to call out the winner, but also call out James DeGale or, you know, he alluded to it the weekend he had, without he, even saying it. Yeah, McDon- do it. McDonald was sprawled out on his bike, and then for the next minute and a half of that round, he, he threw two jabs rather than just go in there and said, "You know something? Fuck this shit. I'm taking him out." Exactly, and that's what we want. Well, that's all you needed to do. Yeah, he needed a Yildrum type performance, didn't he? He needed a statement performance, and he ultimately didn't do that. And obviously, mm-hmm. DeGale had a, himself a third round blowout win. Did you see in that, California? Did you see it? I haven't seen it. No, no. <laughs> I've seen the result, but I haven't seen it. Have you seen the stoppage? It doesn't even fucking hit him, mate. Really, yeah. Fuck's sake. And that's another one that just swallowed it. But, but put that, him down, didn't he? Dropped him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then the kid fucking listen, just wasn't interested. Listen, first three rounds of any fight, James looks a million dollars, and then he of goes course. for a walk. So yeah. that, listen, the Gale, Eubank Jr., I'm in. I'm in for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy as a pig in shit. Let's get it done for December, and let's see what that's all about. If I'm honest, I think if James <laughs> is switched on and he's up for it, he I, wins the fight quite comfortably. I, I think as long as James is fit... He fucking takes Eubank to school all day, every day, as long as he's fit. But can James keep his mind on the job long enough to stay fit? Because if he can, this is the mad thing, if James DeGale can get fit and therefore outbox Eubank Jr. quite comfortably in third gear, 
he gets the shot at Callum Smith in Anfield. Mm. Like, it's a fucking massive, massive payday for him. Yeah. This is why he gave up his IBF belt to walk away from us Katagui, the, the king of who needs him club, because he wants big domestic fights here. He can get it. Eubank will make decent money because Eubank and De Gale can probably sell a fight. Mm. And ITV will probably put it on box office. And, you know, most people will pay 20 quid for it and they'll do, we'll do well out of it. But if De Gale can get fit and come through that quite comfortably, and he will if he's fit... The Callum Smith fight's fucking even bigger again. Yeah, it it's is. a huge fight for him. Mm. Huge fight. Did you see my mate Joe? Big Joe. <laughs> Big Joe doing the business, doing his cartwheels. Uh, got himself another stoppage against the Nobly. But at the end of the day, the whole point of this was to introduce Joe to the American market. Because do you know what I'm hearing? Do you know what I'm hearing, mate? Oh, go on. On the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder undercard by yeah. the way that was fucking bizarre seeing them on Good Morning Britain this morning weird I seen that but on the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder undercard in Los Angeles I am hearing that Mexican Joe is going to take on King Kong wow Luis Ortiz fucking hell what do you reckon to that? The ball's on, Big Joe. <laughs> on, Big Joe. Get your Fucking tackles no. out, lad. Seventh pro fighter. He's taken on top five ranked Zero Lewis fucks. Ortiz. Zero fucks given. Shit. Mm. Both their management teams have come out and said that they are targeting that day and they're having negotiations for it. Yeah. Now I'm putting two and two together and coming up with about five, right? But if they're both going to be on that card... Fucking get them both in there together. Well, Joe said from the start he wants to fast track his way into world title contention, and fuck me, there's no faster way to do it than that, is there? So, shit, the balls on big Joe. Tell you what, I won't take the piss out of him again if that's true. If he, do, if he does, oh, I will. Well, yeah, we will. I will if he rocks up in a fucking Mexican hat, mate, <laughs> looking like Speedy Gonzalez on smack. <laughs> <laughs> no fair play to him. He listen. He did what he needed to do at the weekend. He's got himself now introduced, I suppose, to the American audience. Yeah. Now it now it is big fight time. I think. He's not, he can't wait. He can't wait. He's around. not a spring chicken. He's young. He's he's in his well in his thirties. Let's get it he done. Is, yeah. He needs to get it sorted. But that's a big fight. That's a big fight. Mm. Bold. Good mm. on him. Um, one person that I have fallen out a little bit with over the weekend is uh, Jorge Linares. Now Jorge has stepped, <laughs> stepped up to uh, to super lightweight, and he, he looked strong. He looked a million dollars at the well, weekend. His well, boxing looked a million well, dollars as fucking top knot. Right, end. this is where I'm at, right? No I, man should be allowed to enter the boxing ring with a top knot. Because there's no... How insulting is that to your opponent? Yeah. That's like the ultimate insult, isn't it? Yeah. Not only are you going to outbox you and, and stop you, but I've got a top knot in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a proper fruit with a top knot, <laughs> but I'm going to still outbox you. It's fucking, it's the ultimate. It's, it, that's like knocking someone out and as he's getting up, giving him a wedgie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the ultimate disrespect. Yeah. So, Jorge, until you have your hair cut, mate, we can't mate, be pals. What's that all about? Mm. We love Jorge Linares, but come on. Mm. No man is allowed to box with a top knot. That's it. The only fighters who can get away with a top knot are sumo wrestlers. <laughs> that's it. Nobody else. And they're wearing a fucking nappy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody else. Uh, should we talk Billy Joe Saunders? <laughs> it is one of the biggest stories of last week, I suppose. Of course. Well, last week, we obviously spoke about Billy's escapades on social media and we, we poo-pooed it and we said, listen, it's absolutely disgusting and we threw uh, a bucket load of mud at him and rightfully so because what he did to that vulnerable uh, drug addict was absolutely uh, unnecessarily and despicable. Yep. However, off the back of that, I just felt last week 
that people wanted to jump all over him with this with this drug situation, with the nasal spray situation, with him failing um, for uh, that stimulant from a VADA test. I just thought every, nobody really wanted to do any proper work as to find out what he'd actually failed for. Yeah, they wanted to jump all over it and kick him out whilst it was quite easy, the easiest thing in the world to do. Now, for those that don't know too much, right? VADA's job. This is the Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency. Their job is to test uh, fighters for um, for all different types of substances. Now, what they do, they report their findings to said boards that those fighters are connected to, and then it is up to the board uh, that the fighter is connected to to, dis- to distinguish whether any rules have been broken. So in this case, obviously, Billy adheres to the UK anti-doping guys. He's a UK fighter, and obviously in the next couple of weeks or so, he's going to be fighting in Massachusetts. So it's up to them as well uh, to distinguish whether he's done anything wrong. Now, he has uh, failed uh, for oxylophrine. Now, oxylophrine is a stimulant, as you know, and here in the UK and over in Massachusetts, it is banned... Uh, out of competition, uh, ban uh, in competition. So therefore, that means on the day of the fight, twelve hours before and twelve hours afterwards, out of competition, you're fucking sound, mate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely sweet as a nut to crack on with as much of it as you want. Yep. And that is what Billy. Uh, that was flagged up. He had irregularities for this substance in his VADA test. Now, I've got a couple of questions regarding this. First, from a journalist point of view, yeah, do your fucking research. Exactly. Right? Don't just jump on the bandwagon and ostracise <clears throat> some dude via kangaroo court uh, just because you feel like it. At the end of the day, everybody f- deserves a first shake. Mm-hmm. If he's done wrong, then yeah, give him a k- fucking kick for it. But if he ain't done wrong, let's point some facts out. Because but it wasn't even like a because uh, obviously the, the journalist that broke it, um, he's obviously found got that information via Varda employee. He's got that information. Either they put something up on their message board at the end of each week or each month to go, these are the guys that have been flagged for violations, blah, blah, blah. To report on that and go, bang, Billy Joe Saunders is in, does it in breach of a VADA violation. This is the situation in regards to just that. But he didn't. No, no. He went, the fight's fucking probably going to be off. He's going to be suspended. This going to be stripping with the belt, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He fucking went for him with his knives out. And for that reason... And listen, we all wanted to vilify Billy Joe last week. We were all thinking, fucking hell, here we go. You know, no smoke without fire. Fascia attacking, you know, drug addicts in the streets and getting them to smack people and just fucking putting out viral videos that make us all want to vomit. And now you're the drug cheat as well. It would have been easy to jump on that bandwagon. But true professionals don't jump on the bandwagon. True professionals do the fucking research. And if that said journalist had done his research... He'd have found out that he wasn't in breach, mm. and all this bullshit would have blown over. Mm. It was very poor, very sloppy, and you know I, we didn't jump on it. Of course, we didn't. We did our research, and we fucking went. Well, he's not in breach of anything. Mm. He's, of course, he's not going to be stripped. Of course, the fight's not even off. It's fuck all wrong with what he's done. Well, that then frustrating. Leads, that then leads me to my second point. Okay, how has that information come out? Exactly. Because what happens is Vada will do the test, and they will yeah. send that information back to Billy in his camp. Yeah. Now. As somebody in the camp linked it, well, as, as one of his mates said, hey, fucking Billy's failed for such and such and this, and then has it gone from there? Has someone in VADA fucking stitched him? What's happened there? Because yeah. that information should not be in the public domain because he's done fuck all wrong. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's that's the main thing. And it's listen, I don't know, maybe VADA put out like a, an email to, to media or to certain media, or maybe they put out some kind of statement on their website each month to go, here's all the tests that we've done. Because you can get hold of research yeah. um, that shows exactly who's been tested, how many times, where they've been tested all that stuff that that is freely available so i can only imagine on that 
documents, there is a, yes, this guy flagged for this, this guy flagged for that. And, you know, one or two eagle-eyed journalists might survey that and go, oh, okay, here's a story. And they've seen Billy Joe's name. They've seen he's been flagged. They realise there's already shitloads of negative headlines that have gone transatlantic because of what he did yeah. with, his, with his fucking Instagram Guaranteed some retweets with this bad boy. Exactly. Bang. Clickbait. And they've just gone, fuck finding out whether he's in breach of British border control or UKAD or Massachusetts state governing body. Fuck doing that. Fuck actually doing any research. Bang, I'm going in both barrels. He's getting stripped. The fight's off. He's a fucking drug cheat. Well, no, he isn't. He's using it perfectly legal. Um, I think they were saying it's like a sinus spray or whatever. Well, nasal they've, spray. they've said it's a nasal spray. Yeah, yeah. but it's irrelevant because... It doesn't fucking matter. It's, a, it's irrelevant what the fuck it is. Yeah. I mean, I saw... Who did I see the other day saying uh, he needs to uh, tell us what product it is and he needs to tell us this and that and the other... Why? He hasn't... Get it in your fucking stupid little head, right? He hasn't done anything wrong. By the, yeah. bu- by the rules here in the UK, by the rules here in Massachusetts, fuck all's been done wrong. Yeah. So why does he have to justify what it, what it is and where he's got it from? I mean, he could swallow, he could be swallowing pint loads of it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He ain't done nothing wrong because it's not on the ban list. As long as he doesn't well, go into Massachusetts fight week and get flagged for it, he's done nothing wrong. Mm. So uh, you get, he'll get tested what a week before, ten days before, and then week or ten days after. Yeah, but for that actual it, thing, for it's in on that the window, day. he can't be flagged in. That's it for that actual thing that he's failed for or that he's shown irregularities for. It's on the day, so it's twelve hours before he steps in the ring and twelve hours after he steps in the ring. Yeah. That's it. If he if he flags them, then yeah, all right, we'll give him a fucking kick in. Of course. But he won't, because everybody knows about it now. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. Um, other big news from the world of boxing, um, and we seem to be talking about TV, TV deals a lot, and we will be doing this on our uh, UFC show, because we told you about 11 Sports, didn't we? Um, and obviously everything that's happening now with Bellator... Um, I'm getting sick about the 11 sports thing. People are coming at me going, whoa, 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 you said we wouldn't have to pay 5 99 to watch UFC. I'm like, whoa, it's whoa. Not, it's not done yet. UFC's not on there fucking yet. Wait till January. Still. Cool your boots. That's what... And in January, when UFC goes live on 11, if you can't get it on your Sky or your Virgin Planner, then I will apologise publicly. But until then, chill your boots, otherwise you'll be fucking apologising to me. Oh, here he you is. Look at him, eh? <laughs> yeah, don't mess with this, lad. He goes for a walk in the middle of the night when he's pissed. <laughs> HBO in the United States of America, a channel that built boxing, yeah, that has done over a, a thousand fights, some of the richest fights of our time, has decided that boxing is not for it anymore. Calling it a day. No when, more uh, HBO 24-7. When Jacobs, devastating. When Jacobs and Derevianchenko fight for the uh, middleweight championship of the world, that'll be it. That'll be the last HBO fight. Ugh. It's a bit mad, that, actually, isn't it? To think about HBO no longer doing boxing. It's a little bit heartbreaking. You know, I think we should probably end this week's show with HBO 24-7 music playing us out as a little bit of a tribute <laughs> to what they've given us over the years. Because right. that's fucking... Right, it's not a fucking funeral. Never, it's like never mate. It feels a little bit like that, though. It's the end of an era, isn't it? Because HBO... Yeah, it's all right. Eddie's going to mop up on the zone. Yeah. I'll be fine now. <laughs> and them 24-7 broadcast, them countdowns. Fucking, you know, I'd be excited, as excited when the HBO 24-7 episodes come out as it would be about the actual Why? fight because the, we the insight to... was just amazing yeah, we've and got pioneering wait. doing that. No, fucking, we've got to wait five days here in the UK before we get our before bloody hands on it, anyway. mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before this, we is, rob this is not available in your country. <laughs> the amount of dodgy streams I've got to go and fucking find before I can get one. <laughs> <laughs> but look, look back through the history of HBO. It's like, you know, say, what did they do? 25, 30 or five years, whatever it is. Roy Jones Jr., Mike Tyson, Oscar De La Hoya, fucking Lennox, Pacquiao, Cotto, Mosley, Mayweather. Just... They, they've defined 
two generations at least of world boxing. Yeah. The biggest stars in the world, they were built on HBO, built on that platform. Barrera, Whitaker, fucking Klitschko's, Hopkins, you name it, could go on all night. That era was defined by HBO. They were all over the sport. And for that reason, one, as fight fans, we've got to go, thank you for what you did. But two, it also shows how the sport's shifted now yeah. to more of a streaming platform, That's to it. more of a the zone ESPN Plus style platform. Obviously, 11 in the, in the UK with... 11 have got UFC right now, but don't be surprised if someone gets a 11 deal over here for boxing as well. It's just the way the sport is going. And not only the sport, viewing habits of, of people. Course. Everybody wants on demand. I don't watch terrestrial TV anymore. Watch Fuck All. I'm watching that Killing Eve TV show at the moment oh, on yeah? BBC. Shite. It's brilliant. It's shite. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. What are you talking about? Nah, it's not for me, that. Get a fuck. It's yeah, shite. You don't watch Killing Eve and you don't get baths. There's fucking something wrong with you, yeah. seriously. You've got a fucking life, mate. But the good thing is, I go on... Me and the missus, we'll sit there for night and we go on iPlayer. So we, we've watched basically the whole season. We haven't got to wait every fucking Monday till half past nine or whatever it might be. And that's the way everybody's consuming shit now. Netflix and chilling. Yeah. And Netflix and chilling. Is that night? what's going down on a Monday night in the Pete house? <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and chill, baby. Red panties, baby. <laughs> baby, we did it. <laughs> I'm going to see Conor McGregor. That's it. That's for the goal, little sign off. That's the UFC show. <laughs> uh, listen, the rest to San Canelo. He's the golden goose, isn't he? Wait, did you see today's picture, though? Oh, Calla. Calla Sowland in there, in like Flynn, first in. Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Canelo, step into my office. Me and you have got Fuck something in common, my friend. It. Come and have a word with my dealer. Come I, I just love the way he was like, me and Canelo, World Boxing Super Series, hashtag Ali Sophie. I'm like, you dirty teasing bastard. Oh, my goodness. The rest of San Canelo, because he is the golden goose of HBO. No longer, and obviously, will he be on that platform. Yeah. And, uh, but Canelo, Golovkin, Bivol, yeah, but think Kovalev, about, yeah, but hang on, I'm Danny t- Jacobs, yeah, but they don't. Rung do they're not doing numbers like Canelo. No. Canelo's the golden goose. If no. you get Canelo, Mangui is a good little talent. Like he's a yeah. fucking super talent. Him. Let's talk numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Triple G doesn't do numbers. No, no, not right? like Canelo. So let's do the Canelo's the golden goose. You are if you're Dazon and you're ready earn and you've got fucking money burning all in your back pocket. You're on the phone now to Oscar saying how much. Yeah, no, how don't forget. Much? Listen, Kala. Let's pay some respects here. Kala and the World Boxing Super Series have just fucking absolutely smashed their first season. And the second season's shaped not to be amazing. Yeah, but they're well. on the zone. I know. World Boxing Super Series is on the zone. He doesn't have a TV platform, does he, Kala? No, no, pro- but he's just a promoter. What I'm saying is. Yeah, leaving Oscar De La Hoya. Kala's doing fucking big shows in the Middle East for crazy money. He might be saying to Canelo, listen, son, listen, step into my office. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do big shows in the Middle East me and you we're going to make crazy money crazy money because he's got that yeah, relationship but that's, from a prom- that's from a promoter point of view he ain't going to leave Oscar that ain't going to happen I'm talking about from a TV platform point of view yeah 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 DAZN go and buy him but Callas got shit on DAZN that's what I mean it'll all be th- I'm saying it's all in the same pot but, but Callas do the, the deal yeah fucking hell I tell you something I wouldn't like to be on the negotiations fuck for that yeah. you're like young Foz you Eddie, Eddie Ian fan club. Oh, here he is now. <laughs> Listen, I know what's had my bed's buttered. <laughs> Get that roll neck off. First uh, of December, LA uh, Staples Centre. We know that that is now fact. We told you weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago, but yeah. now it's all been confirmed and they're on a little bit of a tour hanging out with Piers Morgan on breakfast television here in the UK. How mad was that? It was, it was batshit crazy. It was crazy. Did you see uh, when they asked... When they asked uh, fucking hell. The world champ. Deontay. Deontay. Fucking hell, he doesn't... He's already out of sight, out of mind. Um, 
when he asked Deontay the about AJ and he just looked down the barrel of the gun and was like coward and then went on a big rant I was like oh shit mm. oh dear uh, looking forward to the antics three press conferences this week I'm sure whatever day you decide to consume our podcasts some of those may have already happened all of them may have already happened it will have gone off um, we know that these two gentlemen know how to sell a fight all yep. good stuff 1st of December LA Staples Centre looking forward to it hearing hot rumours about Leo Santa Cruz Gary Russell Jr on there as well unification fight um, and also I think they, they confirmed that uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr is on the undercard already as well so yeah. I were, think it's going to be a belt did know. you see that there were, there were hot rumours for Cesar uh, uh, Jr Chavez Jr should I yep. say against uh, the Maranella himself, the main man, Sergio Martinez, coming out of retirement. Fucking Six hell. years retired, 43 years of age. They were thinking of doing it once again. Wow. Uh, but uh, Chavez Sr. has poured water on it. I believe that Eddie Hearn was actually looking at pro- getting involved with the promotion of it. Get out of town. <laughs> he loves it, Eddie, doesn't he? Out for a few quid, lads. Yeah, Go on. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Uh, fights this week. Let's get stuck into this. Uh, we'll go to the world title one first. Um, over in the States, it's Callum Johnson's big moment. Daring to be great. He's had one round in 18 months where he became British champion, absolutely bludgeoning Frank Bullione. He's got a hell of a task on his hands this weekend. Artur Baturbiev, uh, the IBF light heavyweight champion of the world. 12 fights, 12 knockouts, knocking kids out for fun. We know that Callum can punch this 100%, mate, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know that Callum's got himself... Uh, honours at the Commonwealth Games and what have you when he fought for Scotland. Listen, forget boxing. This is who lands first. You've yeah. got to get him on the whiskers early. You've got to get him going early for me. You've got to jump on him. Yeah. Obviously, we went up to Gallagher's the other week in the interview with, I did with Callum. Um, we'll put that on our YouTube. website this year, or YouTube this week. Yeah, I was cracking interview with him. Make sure you catch that later in the week. Um, but yeah, he's full of confidence, man. And why shouldn't he be? He's fucking undefeated himself. He's got a great knockout record. Yes, Baterbiev, we all accept, is a little bit special. Punches like an absolute freight train. But as Callum Johnson said to me in the interview, he's got fucking two arms, two legs and one chin. So I'm going to go out there and hopefully I'm going to test it and I'm going to have a good go. And I think that camp now, after Callum Smith's performance at the weekend, fucking really be buzzing, riding the crest of a wave. I know Callum told us this morning he's flying out there later in the week. So they'll all be out there and mob-handed and confidence will be through the roof. And you know what? What's Callum Johnson got to lose? Apart from apart from his oh on his record, he's yeah. got fuck all to lose. He's going out there, he's daring to be great. And for that reason, we've got to get behind him and go, yeah, man. Fuck, oh, mate, go for it. I am behind him. Go for I it. am behind him. I, I know the magnitude of the of the task. For me, looking at it, I mean, I got the tactics wrong at the weekend with Callum and George. I thought that Callum would jump on George early, but Joel got it absolutely spot on. He was mm-hmm. just slowly, slowly catching monkey and do him when yeah. the when the opportunity presented itself in that seventh round. I'm gonna go the I'm gonna I'm still gonna go. Callum Johnson, he has to jump on Baturbiev early. I'm probably gonna get this wrong, right? They'll probably take him down the stretch or attempt to do so anyway. My problem is is that Baturbiev, he is the light heavyweight version of Golovkin. He punches like an absolute mule. He's been here, done it, got the t shirt. It could go either way. Yeah. You would think if you're a betting person, you would favour Baturbiev. That's where you would put your money. But fuck it, man. He's one of us. I'm going, come on, lad. Just land. Land and send this into absolute meltdown. He would break the internet. Yeah. If, if he knocks Paterbiev out, oh, fuck he'd, me. he'd break the fucking born. internet. Absolutely, a star is born. And you know what? What an amazing kind of punctuation mark on his career. You know, after losing his dad and everything else, he was in such a bad place. Callum, he was in such a dark place. And, um, you know, he really has had to drag himself up by the bootstraps. And, 
you know, as you say, one fight in 18 months. Then this opportunity comes along when pretty much every other light heavyweight on the planet couple of which are based in the UK that talk the talk but ultimately weren't prepared yeah, to quite walk it. the walk well quite publicly but walked away from the fight Callum Johnson's gone fuck it man I'll have a go yeah. I'm going to go out there and uh, I just hope I know he will go for it I just hope he's allowed to go for it and by that I mean I hope he gets a couple of rounds in do you know what I mean I, I just hate Batavia to land early and to throw fucking the baby out with the with the with the bath water, I just hope that Callan has a has a good couple of rounds where he where his confidence gets up a little bit. The, the problem with what Bet- you want is the Batabiev is you want the same what we saw the weekend, mate. Well, yeah, saw. of course, but I just think Batabiev is in a completely different place than George Groves. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It was about time and that as much as anything. Batabiev is very much still on his way up the mountain, just as Callum Johnson is. Even though Batabiev is already a world champion, is very dangerous. You just can't be intimidated by him. The problem is Batabiev's like. One of the most intimidating looking motherfuckers in all of boxing. He's one of them. You see him walking towards you in an alley, you turn around and walking back. He just looks like he's an ass kicker, do you know what I mean? He looks like he'd take your fucking dinner money off you and not even and not even bat an eyelid. And I just think for that reason, Callum Johnson's got to do something that Baterbiev's not used to, and that's pushing back. Mm. You know, don't let the bully bully you. We've seen that last time out with that Coling, who's who's Baterbiev's last opponent. Um took Batabiev 12 rounds to finally knock him out first time he's been uh, past seven in his entire career he's, yeah. a, he's a nearly knockout merchant and I just think if Callum Johnson the problem is when you're facing a big puncher like that who's aggressive and horrible and fucking you know can rough you up it takes big balls to go you ain't fucking pushing me back but we've seen it with Canelo Canelo went to gr- stepped in with Triple That's G and the went performance, mate. you're not fucking pushing me back I'm bullying you and that caught Triple G on the back foot and ultimately that's what led to Canelo winning that fight the rematch I'm talking about of course and then Callum Johnson's going to get in the ring with Batavia and going you're not the bully here son I'm the fucking bully but to do that you've got to have big balls as yeah, I say because you you're probably going to have to take some big shots mm. also on that card and I'm going to give um, in this world title fight the British fighter more of a chance yeah I, I, I want listen I want, I want Callum, them both to win, of course. Well, of course, I want them both to win, right? Yeah. I think uh, the odds are stacked against Callum Johnson against Baterbiev. It's a tough, tough fight. I personally think, and people will shout me down for this, I personally think that this is, when you talk about timing, I think this is perfect for Gavin McDonald. I really do. He's taking on Daniel Roman. Neither of them are massive punches. So I'm going to edge my bets and say that this is going the distance. Yeah. And I just think this is the right time for Gavin to try... To, to, to come to the forefront because he's lived in his brother's shadow for such a long period of time and I think this this could be the moment because he ain't going to get I don't think he's going to get knocked out because no. Daniel Roman doesn't punch he's a good boxer yeah. but he ain't going to knock him out and therefore it's a little easier for him to to really establish himself on the fight you're talking about bullying getting in there and, and doing your work I think there's a real opportunity for Gavin McDonald uh, to lift uh, a world title yeah, absolutely. I don't think he will get a better opportunity. And as you say, he's been in he's been in their kid's shadow for a long time. But he's he's in the form of his life, Gavin McDonald. And um, I think he goes there. I'll be honest. I, I think it's I think it's a really big ask. I think Daniel Roman's fucking very good. He's not lost a fight in many many years. He won the fight. He won the world title out in Japan. Defended it in Japan. Won again with a with a bit of a sensational performance on his homecoming last time out. Um, he just seems to be really getting into a good rhythm now as the he super does, he doesn't whack though, does he? he doesn't no, whack. well neither of them do. I think combined, we've both got less than ten knockouts on their record, and they've both had you know almost twenty five, thirty fights. So um, neither of them are whack. I think you're right. It probably will go the distance, but. Technically, very good Roman. You know, I rate him quite highly in this super bantamweight division, which is a, a tough little division. But um, I think it's a 
it's a tough fight for Gavin MacDonald. But but you're right, he's in he's in a great position right now. Um, and there's big fights out there as well. You know, if MacDonald can win this, how big is MacDonald Dogbo back in the UK? You know, it's a fucking massive, massive fight, mm. a unification fight. Um, but again, I think it's going to be tough. I think, again, a good start is absolutely essential because Roman's one of them. When he starts winning rounds, it's hard to break the cycle. It's hard to break that rhythm from him. So, But all respect in the world for both these British lads going over to Chicago to win to challenge for world titles. And you know what? The position that British boxing's in right now, fucking who would bet against them? Who would bet against them? Speaking of uh, British boxing, probably... Um, I know that they're for world titles and people will say that they are when you look at all the fights that are available to us at the weekend, that they're probably the highest ranked of fights. But the one that intrigues me the most is uh, obviously my uh, youngest son, uh, Jack, uh, fighting <laughs> fighting this weekend against O'Hara Davis. Now, whatever you think about O'Hara Davis, the lad always backs up his chat. He will get in the ring with you. It's It really is that simple. Whether you think he's any good or not, it doesn't really matter. He talks the talk and he's prepared to make the walk. He's what he's prepared sure to do. Is. And he's taking on my boy this weekend, a lad that he's undefeated. He's going through everybody like a dose of salts in uh, uh, the super lightweight uh, division. We know that Jack was nearly there when it came to uh, the World Boxing Super Series. However, his promotional, current promotional deal wouldn't allow him to enter uh, the new season. Uh, so therefore, he's got to uh, make his path elsewhere. And this, for me, is a phenomenal fight. It's a great fight. It's in Leicester at the weekend. It's on your BT Sports. Make sure you're checking it out because it's the first time that Jack's topped the bill. Obviously, he's now well and uh, truly in with the Jamie Moore uh, training regime. I think this is now the third or fourth fight. And Ahara Davis has a lot to prove. Last time out, he landed an unbelievable punch to end his fight. So people started to reignite the fight when it came to Ahara Davis. But everybody now, in the back of their minds, will always remember the Josh Taylor performance yep. where he turned his back and looked like he quit. So what's he all about? This is the next time he's coming up against a proper super lightweight in Jack Catterall. What is Ohara Davis all about? And can he cause this young Southport any problems? I personally don't think he will. No. But you would say that because he's your lad, of course. But as we saw in his last fight, O'Hara Davis with those big long levers has a bit of power there. He has got power. He's I, absolutely got power. But Jack's got power as well. I think Jack can bang as well. I, I, it's a brilliant. You call these a trade fight, but I just think more more fans have got to tune into this one. BT Sport are putting this on from Leicester at the weekend. It's an absolute fucking cracker. Uh, I'm gonna have to find a stream of it somewhere on Saturday afternoon. But um, he'll explain why he needs to find a stream of it. On the UFC show, Connor, baby, going to Connor show, um, but I can't. Can I, can I just point out on that, right? Because somebody put on our social media. Do you know the Lomachenko videos? Mm. When I sorted your Lomachenko interview out last week, yeah. Somebody tweeted us and said, "Nick wouldn't have done that for you, Adam." <laughs> and I thought about. it. I said, "No, no, no, Nick's a sound lad. He, he you know, he, he would, he would do things for me." And then the day after, he phones in and says, "Oh, I've, uh, I've uh, asked if uh, I wanted to go to Las Vegas." For Conor McGregor this weekend, and I would I was sat there thinking, here it comes. He's going to say, "Go on, get your passport." So we're on our way to Vegas, and he just went, "Are you all right to take care of everything while I'm away?" <laughs> That's how this goes down, mate. <laughs> That's how this goes down. You went to AJ. 
Uh, you anyway. went to AJ, you fucking <laughs> hell. What do you like? I love this fight. I think it's an absolute it's fucking cracker. Fun. It's a puncher against a boxer, yet the boxer can also uh, punch, and and the puncher, you know, when he when he can, when he's when he's allowed to do so, can also box as well. He figured uh, Tom Farrell out in Liverpool before he landed that big bomb, and that's the equaliser that O'Hara's got. You know, that's the one thing that Jack can't well, Der- look past. Derry Matthews said, respect it. Derry Matthews said he's one of the hardest punches that he's ever been in with. Yeah. And that, you know, it's them long levers and it? it's those big long arms. Yeah. You know, he generates so much power there, it's crazy. But there's a blueprint to beat him. There's no blueprint to beat Jack Catterall. You know, Josh Taylor showed us how it's done and he showed us quite a lot of holes in O'Hara Davis's game. And let's face it, since then, okay, O'Hara's racked up three wins, but his fucking. His journey in boxing has been turbulent, to say the least. You know, thrown out of matchroom, thrown out of his gym, new home, new promoter, mm. new management. Mm. You know, he's kind of been all over the place. And, you know, he's back now at the top table, if you like, domestically. And he's got to prove where his career is going to go. O'Hara has always been quite truthful with us, saying, listen, if I'm not going to become a world champion in this game, I want to know now, because I'm going to get the fuck out and go and do something else with my life. And if he doesn't beat Jack Castle at the weekend, then kind of close the door on any potential world title fight, certainly in, certainly in the next year or two. So it's a massive moment for O'Hara Davis. He's backed himself, but he's put, him, he's put himself against the wall a little bit. And, and right now, Jack Catterall and his stable are just flying. You know, he'll go into this fight with so much confidence. Fucking best trainer in the country, officially, in his corner, in Jamie Moore. Uh, and they will have a game plan for it. And again, this could be a massive breakthrough moment for, for Jack Catterall. You know, so it, it's a brilliant fight. It Absolutely brilliant. And it's a, it's a, he can't blink because the way O'Hara fights, he's ne- he's not he's never in dull fights. Yeah. Even when he got beat, he, it wasn't a dull fight because he was fucking absolutely outboxed. He was brilliant. Um, I just think, for me, it, it, it's it's a tough one. You know, I know obviously you're going to go with Cattle and. Of course I am. You know, I, I'd probably go the same way. But O'Hara, man, if he lands, he can finish you. Jack Cattle will finish this fight between rounds seven and nine. You think he'll get a finish? Yeah. I th- I'm, I'm going to go with Cattle on points, but uh, I, I think there could be a rocky moment early on. I think he might even have to go off, off the canvas early on, nah. but I think he'll win on points. Don't knock out Cattle's. See, uh, my boy. Triple D is on the undercard as well against former world title contender Kevin Johnson. I know Kevin Johnson's a little bit old now, but Triple D's only in his ninth fight and he's still a baby. And this is the guy, man. I'm telling you, look out for him. Did you see that Nicola Adams um, referred to herself as the female Lomachenko at the weekend? I didn't, unfortunately. No, no, no. I think the only similarities is that they got two gold medals apiece. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what she had. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick. I like Nicola Adams. She's ace. Yeah, she's a nice kid. You know, and and she's on this card. Yeah. Interim world title fight on this yeah, card. She wants the world the most, title fight comes next. She gave me the most awkward interview that uh, I've ever had in my entire oh, life. Yeah, brilliant. When I asked her about her uh, fiance, and she said, "Yeah, we split up," <laughs> and then there was silence for about ten minutes. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Go to our UFC show to find out why he's so chipper at this moment in time. Uh, you can subscribe to us via Fight Disciples on iTunes, uh, and you can also get us on our website, fightdisciples.com. There's a wonderful interview with Callum Smith up there for you, and uh, that will also be available on YouTube. You must go and check that out, uh, because the champ brought in his ring magazine belts, and I wow. felt like Rocky. Wow. We've, we've been very, very lucky doing this show over the last three years and obviously previous to this show uh, covering fight sports where we've met world champions and they've had the belts with them and you've had your picture taken with your belt. 
I've done the lot now. That's the first time I've been with a Ring, Ring magazine belt. Me too. There you go. Eh? Me too. We popped our cherry. Special, aren't Popped our cherry together. Uh, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. That Callum Johnson video will be up later in the week as well to preview his big fight in Chicago. Make sure you catch up with that, Callum. Absolutely brilliant. Great interview. Um, and then also check our Instagram and social media for later in the week. Why? I'll be in Vegas, baby. He's a twat, isn't he? See you in a bit. I won't be in Vegas. I'll be in Blackburn. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.